0: healthcare system.
1: Welcome to Healthcare Now this Thursday evening. I hope everybody had a great day and a easy travel home. Maybe you're cooking a little dinner now and can listen to a show about healthcare. I'm here. I'm uh, Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. Larry, how are you doing today?
2: Good evening, Dr. Mark. Great to be with you again.
1: Yes, indeed. Always good yep. stuff to talk about. You know, if we did the show more than uh, what, we could probably do it twice a week and get fresh stuff pretty pretty quickly, you know? Now
2: we could, yeah.
1: Yep. And hopefully uh, it'll get less and less on the COVID side, but we're going to open up today's show talking a little bit about the newest information, a lot of of vaccine-related stuff. I mean, it's it's shifted from discussions on hospitalizations, deaths, you know, overrunning the hospitals, that kind of thing, to vaccines and numbers out there in the
2: public, right? Right. Well, the beauty of it is what we're seeing is COVID-19 infections altogether are down, mm-hmm. hospitalizations are down, right. ER visits are down.
1: Yep. And that's mostly U.S. data, and we're focused right. mostly on U.S. That's data, right. and I think that'll be the next stage when we have things under pretty good control here, we'll pay we pay even more attention to what's going on overseas. Exactly.
2: Well, the other thing, too, I think is, you know, we were at one time, if you remember the numbers, we were getting 93 Thousand vaccinations a day. Right, it's down to like sixteen thousand. Exactly, exactly. It's a, like a, th- yeah. a fourth of where it yeah. was.
1: And so that, that's a combination of things, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's we're seeing we've seen a lot of folks that did get sick with COVID nineteen Omicron one, right. and those folks are sort of quasi vaccinated in a way, at least they have some level of immunity. So that's a big, big number. And they're less likely to go in and get the shot, especially if they didn't get the vaccine up to date, up to right. that time, you know, they were unlikely to get that done as well. Exactly, but we do have a, a age group thing that has shifted. We do. That's breaking news. Yeah. yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week, mm-hmm. but but indeed, uh, Pfizer has put forth uh, a request for emergency yes, use for giving their vaccine to six month olds to, and, <laughs> and essentially it up so six months to four years is, exactly. is our is our gap. Exactly, and I talked about that last week. I mean, I I we still. Did. I don't. And know, I don't remember still, your yeah, comments on yeah, that, Doctor Mark. Yeah, Martin. I really don't yeah. know that that's the uh, the risk reward that we're looking for. I'm anxious to see, you know, what the rhetoric is. I don't. Right. I don't hear much except for the fact right. that they did officially put that request in. They and did. We knew, and, we knew last and and week the FDA
2: to. is going to review it on the 15th of this month. Yeah. And then by the end of the month, they expect to have a uh, A decision. decision. Yeah, Yeah,
1: and and then the CDC will weigh in. But I I still – I can't imagine we're going to get more than – 10 20% 10, 20% of these kids yeah. vaccinated.
2: In fact, it's interesting you mentioned 10% because those are the estimates. Oh, really?
1: I, yeah, I, I, I yeah, did. I just was. pulled that out of the air because of how few right, in the right, next age right, group, right.
2: Right. right? But you know, there's one thing that I do want you to talk about for a second, Dr. Mm-hmm. Mark. The dosage recommended for this six months to four years of age is three micrograms versus the adult dosage of 30 micrograms. Right. Can you speak to that?
1: Well, I mean, it's just a volume. It's like when you get any type of dose. Dosing, it's not as straightforward as, let's say, uh, a medication, like how much acetaminophen you would take, right? That's a per kilogram, you know, milligrams per kilogram. So here, they're really looking to see how little they can get and still get an immune system Some kind bump, of
2: efficacy, yeah. Right, and right, so right.
1: It, it gets really tricky when you look at a six-month-old versus a four-year-old, there's there's a lot of difference Big there. Big difference there, yeah. And so each yeah. of these age groups, it's not like, you know, when you turn 18, suddenly everybody's alike. Right. But there are definitely different things, different age groups. And we really haven't had to pay attention to this right. because we haven't had vaccines like
2: right. this. Well, you know, it's interesting. Some people have wondered, why did it take Pfizer so long? Well, evidently, this six-month-to-four-year-old test has been in process for quite some time, well, but it, they halted it because when they did the test in their case studies the efficacy satisfactory level wasn't there
1: right and so, so they, they, did, they didn't off. know where they, they right. had to sort of look at different concentrations and then again you've got to get your sample size and it's very difficult to get kids entered into studies that parents are going to be very reluctant to do it in fact for most medications the FDA doesn't clear things for children right. because there aren't any such studies. Exactly. So this is a this is a huge exception to what we've seen. Right. I mean, a lot of the other vaccines were sort of grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. And the processes were different, but and they were is, they is, were
2: in very quickly too. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: the, oh, these vaccines. This sure, this one,
2: this one, four months to or six months to four years of age hasn't been quite as quick as many of the others.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't yeah. get approved. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot more talk out there about the companies suggesting things like the third dose without any data. Yep. So a lot more people are concerned.
2: Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because not only did they delay this because the satisfactory levels weren't there of, uh, you know, vaccines, yeah. but also they're actually looking at, does this age group need a three-part test uh, vaccination? Right. Three right. different doses.
1: Well, I mean, they sort of looked at... They are considering that we need the three part that adults do as well, so they want to get ahead of that since they 've got the study going. they can continue to measure antibodies right. but yeah i 'm I'm, I'm not feeling it I just don 't yeah. think i, I don 't know they may it may be i mean there there could be uh, politics involved there 's certainly money involved yeah. but It just doesn't seem to be the the group we should be going after. You
2: know, when you get to age four, you could be in uh, VPK, you know, pre-kindergarten. Right. But six months to two years of age? Yeah. Who are you going to be around?
1: Yeah. And, and they'll say, well, you know, you'll see grandma and grandpa. Well, yeah, but if you're not elsewhere, you're not going to be spreading it around. Right. And what with the development of these lesser virulent strains, at least that's what we're hoping we're going to continue to see, right. it's just the timing doesn't seem right. I don't know. I'm, yeah. that, again, just my opinion, and, and, and we'll I, see I how see how it yeah. lays out.
2: Well, you know, the other thing, too, to go along with with your opinion on that, even this up to age 12, 5 to 12, yeah. we have barely reached 30 30%. 30%. Yeah, that's why I am th- not even sure I think it's like 28%. Yeah. That's definitely.
1: why I don't think many people are going to run and yeah. run and get this one. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't it just doesn't uh doesn't add up and and looking at the pattern of the younger that we've gone right. the, few, the fewer people have had their kids get vaccinated, so.
2: Okay. Uh, and yep. along with uh we're talking about vaccines and approval, at the end of the month the FDA approved the Moderna Vaccine, Moderna, yeah. which had previously only been available under emergency use,
1: right. So it was considerably behind Pfizer. Yeah. Um, in fact, they did not. It, they had asked for it earlier, mm-hmm. and it, and when they approved Pfizer, they did not approve Moderna. Right. But the delivery of Moderna. Was still going on, so I, I'm not yeah. sure what the changes were there. There, there's no data that we've had pushed in our faces about you know, efficacy yep. or side effects one versus the other. And to be fair, I mean Moderna is a lot easier to get around the world. Sure, um, you know you don't have to have or even in the around the country because you don't have the yeah. the, the refrigeration. Well, well the issue. EUA
2: was originally approved in December of 20, so yes. it's been over a year that we've been operating off yep. of uh, emergency use for the Moderna.
1: Yeah. That's- and I I think it's just a need base because remember in yeah. the very beginning everybody was freaking out that we weren't going to have enough of anything, and so they gave emergency approval to two vaccines. Right. Had the FDA known that we were going to have plenty for those who would take the vaccine, mm-hmm. they probably would have stuck to one, right, and laid it out that way because that's that's more typical of, of how they do things.
2: I got something I want to talk about too, Doctor Mark, while we're talking about this, and we'll probably end this COVID thing in our first section here. Yes, let's talk about you hear are on the news a lot, and I think people are confused, and hopefully our listeners can get an information. Talk about pandemic versus endemic.
1: Well, so it just depends on the number of people that are involved. So a pandemic is pan meaning everywhere. Okay. An endemic is something that you see in an area, whether it's a community or a country or even like one continent. And that that is endemic. So it's sort of it has some boundaries. A pandemic has no boundaries. And that's what we've seen with this virus. It's it's in every country in, in the world.
2: So I think the discussion that you see in the media is when are we going to be in an endemic versus a pandemic?
1: See, we're never going to be in an endemic because it's never going to be in just one place. Okay, but that doesn't mean that we're going to stay in a pandemic. See how confusing this is. So it's not it's not really an evolution, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's it's a uh, you're either you're in a pandemic or you've got a uh, you know, we could say the common cold has some type of. Pandemic varieties right. to it, right? Because right. it's it's everywhere, yep. but it's not something that's doing so much damage that it's a crisis, right? So that's the thing. Something can be everywhere and not necessarily be a pandemic because it's not creating the havoc that these diseases and these few pandemics that we have re- in recorded Very history interesting. have.
2: I thought we should so. talk about that because yeah, you're hearing that term in the news quite a bit.
1: Yeah. You, well, I don't. Yeah. I I don't know. It's gonna be uh, that'll be the next argument. They're gonna argue. One group is going to say we're out of the pandemic. Right, right. But as soon as you say that, yeah. what we're really saying is, okay, drop all, not just mandates, but suggestions and signs. Yeah. Take those signs down. I mean, you I, I told you, I think it's been months, but I walked into one of the sporting goods stores here, and they had the sign out front that said, you know, wear a mask. Wear your mask. And it was yeah. right after... One of the groups, the CDC, or you still said, see said, that in some yeah, stores. Well, yeah, no, no, to no, see it all the time. Yeah, well, it, but this is what it first came the out.
2: Term to say suggested that you yeah. were yeah.
1: Well, and some people just leave yeah. the same ma- the right, same right, thing right, up, right, right? Right. But this. Gentleman was livid and was yelling at the manager to take down the sign because it wasn't up to date. And and ironically, he was wearing his mask. And they they literally were saying like, "No, you don't have to wear a mask." You it, all people of our lost employees their are minds over oh, this whole and this thing. This was oh, this
2: was last yeah. year, probably mid last year. Oh, it's crazy what what this mask situation has turned our school system into in this country is just pathetic. Oh, just the
1: arguments and the yeah. two sidedness. Yeah. yeah, these no people it is.
2: completely losing their minds. Oh
1: yeah! Oh yeah! Over over a, yeah. an issue that yeah, we, we don't want to get uh, because yeah. literally it's only politics. That's it's right. only That's right. politics, and right. it was both sides handling it in all, just awfully. Right, but but that does has, has bring brought out the worst in people for yeah. sure. I mean, you yeah. can't go; nobody's going to a school board meeting and without,
2: sensationalism breeds viewers. Oh yeah,
1: oh the news, the news, yeah, is, all and it. news and, is all over. Sells papers. News is all over it, and you get That's your fifteen right. minutes of fame. That's it's right. kind of like everything you ever wanted, except yeah. uh, if you are sitting here talking about it, we That's
2: hate right. it. You know, uh, uh, let's change the subject. Uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association sent out an article the other day, and it's very fresh. It just came out on February 3rd, and it said that as of December 28th, approximately 27% of our U.S. population was unvaccinated. Yep. At this time, 28 percent.
1: Yeah. And and actually, the study was was mm-hmm. really looking at what type of antibody levels did people right. who were not right. vaccinated had. That's right. And because no one's really done that. So they, they got a few hundred people together. I think they had like 800 total. But then then about half of those yep. got tested. That's right. And what they, uh, they that that's all right 816 people. Mm-hmm. And so they they broke them up into people who said, yeah, I was tested positive. Uh, for COVID at some point. And then the next group was, yeah, I was pretty sure I had it, but I never got tested. And the third group was, yeah, I never had it. Right. And, uh, let's see, where are those numbers? They said what percentage of people actually Tested or showed positivity in those three groups. Yeah.
2: Well, you know it's interesting when you talk to people, and you you know people nowadays don't ask whether you've been vaccinated or not. But some people do (laughs) volunteer. Yeah, but some people do volunteer. Sure. And their comment is, "Well, I don't need the vaccination because I've had it." Right. Right. You know. And 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 this study
1: studies about. Well, this study is just detecting the antibodies, not necessarily just saying how many. Antibody, you know, what level it is? Because we don't really know what level you need for immunity. But maybe we'll talk. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll probably pick this up next okay. week because we'll get right. be more information. But okay. let's take a quick break, and yeah. uh, when we come back, we'll we'll start on something fresh.
2: You're listening to Healthcare Now: The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back.
0: You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated, Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us. ipnetworkflorida.com.
2: Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1.
0: AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry.
1: Welcome back to Healthcare Now. I'm Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we are continuing to talk about all things healthcare. Larry, we're going to move on to a brand new topic, and right. I know we're going to get kind of fired up because anytime we talk about Medicare yep. and yep. what what types of numbers, what's next. Yep. So hit us up. You mentioned yeah, this well, article to me, and I know yeah, I know this, I'm going to have uh, a lot to talk it, about. It
2: was announced yesterday that CMS has projected us almost an 8% increase in revenue for MA plans next year. And that's going to be finalized as of April the 4th.
1: Right. So let's, uh, I mean, we we talk about this almost every week, but still, it's just so confusing. So MA, the Medicare Advantage plans are... Private groups that are managing Medicare. We're being paid Correct. by Medicare, paid by the are, government spent dollars. These are private, to these insurance, private insurance groups. That's right. And so they're going to be making, receiving 8% more yep. from that bucket that we're worried is going to be yep. gone in no time.
2: Well, it's interesting that this 8% trend did not include the trend in 2022 around COVID.
1: No. So that was strictly strictly pure cost. Pure cost. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's what. so what what does that mean to you, Larry? I mean, if we look at these these management groups came in to do a better job. Right. And what we know is they they take the risk and they take the risk, right? The risk. Uh, But what we know is. But you know, when
2: when you, here's, more money. here's my take on this, and and some people may disagree with me, but I've been doing this for 25 years.
1: Nobody disagrees with <clears> you, Larry. Come and,
2: on. and the bottom line is, if the Medicare Advantage program is not saving Medicare money, right. Why are we adding cost to it in the way of premium increases, meaning a PMPM amount per per patient, per member enrolled for the private insurance companies when it's already costing Medicare more than FIFA service?
1: Right. And on the flip side, the client is not seeing any money out of pocket. And so that was the idea is is these companies come up and say, listen, we can make this zero sum, that it's not going to cost your clients, but it is costing your clients because we're paying on the front end through our taxes. Well, if we're talking about the, the Medicare
2: uh, trust fund going bankrupt right. by 2026, this is just going to speed we're it up. Of, exactly. That's no, no my, question. That is my exact point, right. Dr. Martin.
1: And so this goes yeah. back to why do we have groups in healthcare care that are allowed to take it to the bank? When healthcare in general is is getting crushed, why do we have pharmaceutical companies that yep. want to make eight billion dollars right on, on a on a new drug exactly? And yeah, I, and I get it. Okay, this is we're it's great. I'm fully on a. Capitalist, of course, society. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, I'm a businessman. I, yeah. I love it all. But healthcare is yeah. different, and, and that's not government that's not coming from me. Dollars. Well, and the government has told yeah. caretakers that healthcare is different. That's that, right. that we cannot make more money in this way and that way. There's all sorts of restrictions on the provider side. Yet these other companies can come in and really take advantage of what's going on. And well, it kind of spins back into the venture capital groups that yeah. are picking up. They're yeah. like, well. We can do this. We can lower administrative costs. Okay, the great. Love it. Love to lower administrative costs. Yep. But if you're just pocketing that money... And spread it around the the folks that own the company that did the cost lowering, it doesn't help the system. Well, let's
2: talk about those numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, the way the Medicare MSO world works is an entity, meaning a physician organization or even an equity based company, Mm -hmm. would contract with a Medicare Advantage plan like a Humana. Right. And Humana will give them 84, 85% of the premium. That's their service fund. Right. Humana keeps 14 or 15%. Of those dollars, of the dollars for administration, yeah, so of dollars of that total came in total pool from of dollars. Right. In other words, if if your average Medicare beneficiary is a thousand dollars a month, yep. and you've got ten thousand lives, you're going to get
1: what? Oh, you're, you can't ask me to. The, you can't ask me to do math. Ten thousand times a thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. going to get
2: a hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah. you get eighty million. Eight, yeah. yeah, a million. Yep. Yeah, hundred million. So you get eight hundred and eighty-five million of that. And Medicare keeps fifteen million. Yep. Then the ma the MSO plan, the Medicare Service Organization, who is completely at risk right. for those eighty-five percent. Then they divvy it out to their doctors and decide how they're going to pay them. Right. Right, and so they're I can tell you that twenty to thirty percent of those dollars are profits for the MSO. Right, I yeah. know that for a fact. Yeah, no, you market. see it all the
1: time. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're looking at, in there. yeah, they have costs, but it is it's sort of like we're t- we're going to take care of this because we're going to manage it, right. and what they're really just doing is setting the money aside. Mm-hmm. Now, there there may be some efficiencies in their system that uh, they may be saving stuff, yep. and and I think that you know we we have learned enough about following up on the quality of care and make sure that's not getting cut. Oh yeah. There's star scores and all that. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's got to be a better number for the maximum amount of flat profit they show.
2: Well, here's the loophole, Dr. Mark. You know, we talk about 85% mm-hmm. of health care dollars in small group and 80% in large group have to be spent on right. claims. Yes. So the Medicare Advantage plans go ahead and give them that 85%. Yeah. But then there's no control over how much of that 85% is actually spent on patient care.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they get yeah, there's right, the difference. Right. Yeah, there's the difference. So there's it's sort no of, regulatory. It's, it's a it's almost like a yeah. uh, shell organization. Exactly. Yeah, so, it's so shell you corporation. see the difference yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it is. But we've seen and and it becomes really misleading because the other big piece of these Medicare Advantage issues is is their lack of coverage in the hospital. Yeah. The amount of money that's going to come out of pocket for these folks that are like, oh, well, I've got a Medicare Advantage plan, and you know, we're not. It, it does work. Correctly for some people. Yeah. But they need to be prepared in case there's a hospitalization involved, right? Right.
2: Well, here's the, <clears throat> the side from uh, Medicare that actually works. Mm-hmm. If they capitate this, Medicare CMS knows yeah. what their cost is going to be. Right. It's not going to go up. Yes. But then they don't have any control on how those dollars are spent after
1: right. that. How much becomes profit. Yeah, yeah. 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 So so they do. They have to I mean I think that's the answer is there needs to be a max <coughs> amount that is actually going into the profit side. Right. right. And the rest goes back into the system. Yeah, yeah. And it's just is that ever going to happen, I'd I'd say no, because you've got a totally privatized business working with a government contractor.
2: Well, look at it from a business standpoint. If you're a businessman and you know that your budget is going to go out of business in, let's say, four years. Right. And there's an opportunity to rein in 20 to 30% of your cost. Yeah. Why isn't CMS looking at this?
1: Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I'm sure... Groups are looking at it, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to scream out socialization of medicine, right? Well, I there mean, was
2: actually uh, – there is a new program aside from the uh, Medicare Shared Savings Plans, the mm-hmm. MSSP ACOs, called the Direct Contracting Entity. Yeah. And that's a new entity that just started this, this past year, and the head of CMS has actually said that she's going to look into this to see if the dollars are being spent appropriately.
1: Interesting. Yeah, so so, so they, are be, they are looking it. at yeah, it. They are looking at it, yeah. Well, I think the the other piece is the groups that own these or run these MA programs, they're right. big groups. They're right. big lobby groups. Huge groups. Um, you know, you've got, yep. I mean, you know, all all our Blue Cross Blue Shield, yep. all of, yep. you know, Cigna. Cigna, Humana. Anna, Humana. United
2: you know. is one of the largest.
1: Yeah, yeah I think it is. The, AARP, maybe the largest. they are yep. the largest yep. Medicare. So yep. they've got... Yep. They've got that, too. So it's not it's not just about somebody, you know, in in the administrative offices, not recognizing right. what's going on. Right. It's that there are they are there politicians there making sure that you don't talk right. about it. So it is it's well, not a conspiracy theory. And, and, and I mean, and I it's, will, it's fact.
2: Yeah. And I will tell you the reason we brought this up today, this 8 percent going mm-hmm. back to the M.A. plans. If you recall, January one. Medicare beneficiaries took a fourteen point six percent increase right. in what they down. pay for yep. Part B. Yep. Right. So how how can people continue to do that, particularly if you're on a fixed income?
1: Yeah, and, and, and particularly retire. since we know that the bank's going to be empty soon. Yeah, I mean, you know, exactly. it is. No, that, there's got to be. Although, as with many things, in healthcare. It doesn't seem like we get true change unless there's a complete yep. failure.
2: Well, it's the lobbyists that make sure that change doesn't happen.
1: Yep. – they're, yep. they're moving a lot of cash to make that – It protects their interests. Yeah. No, that yep. is, that is yep. very, very true. Yep. All right, well, let's jump on to something. Else. I think it's like we almost need to take an early break because we're both I getting know. kind of worked up about. I got this. worked up over that, yeah. Doctor Mark. <laughs> so let's jump into uh, some innovation and technology discussions because those are a little more positive, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, you know, Magellan Health and a company called Zipline, an American product delivery company, are partnering to deliver prescription medication via drones. Doctor Mark.
1: Yeah, that's going to cool be interesting. Is that? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I can think of a lot of really funny yeah. jokes that could go along with. Well, the know, first that, one but.
2: is is the drone going to knock on your door and tell you your prescription is here?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm just thinking how many people are going to shoot drones right out of the air as that's they're coming right, in. That's yeah. right. Well, I mean, Amazon has a couple of test sites that they've been doing zone yep. drone yep. delivery. And mm-hmm. since that was announced... I haven't heard boo about it, so I don't know. Well, they got
2: PillPack, you know, that one's working. Sure.
1: No, 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 but I mean the the drone delivery.
2: Oh, the drone delivery. Because
1: they're doing, Amazon's doing drone delivery of product in different areas to test it out to see if that's a good way.
2: Well, a couple things. Deliveries are expected to begin this year starting in North Carolina, and Zipline estimates that their automated delivery protocols, that they can deliver meds to patients in 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, we got. they're going to have more things to do because it's a numbers game. You can only put so much of those birds in the air at the same time. That's right. That's and, I mean, that's why the FAA has gotten involved in, in drones because, you know, if they fly in certain areas, altitudes, or right, they're a certain right, size, right. you actually have to uh, step up yeah. what your certifications are. And, and then,
2: you know, going back to our conversation on Medicare, what hit me when I saw this about uh, the drone delivery of meds, is that going to drive the cost of meds up? Somebody's gotta pay for this technology.
1: Well it may you probably argue that it's cheaper than than you know, the, the other method. Person yeah, the in-person yeah. delivery yeah. with trucks and whatnot. Yeah. I mean it's definitely still a delivery piece. Right. right. But I just you know, I don't see how you scale it. I don't don't see how you scale it. If you've got, you've got a, uh, (laughs) let's say you've got a housing area that's got 2000 homes and are they going to like rotate when things are delivered? I mean, it just doesn't, doesn't seem like a scale. And what's to say that this company gets any, Extra airtime than anybody else. I I don't know. It's I mean you know we'll see we'll see what happens in yep. uh, North Carolina, but but yep. that's the perfect place for those drones to get shot right out of the air, it isn't is. it? That's well, a, you got
2: a lot of mountains in North Carolina. It'll probably help delivery with the drones. It could be. It you know? could be. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. I don't know. I don't Change, know what else we got. Changing uh, topics a little bit. According to a new study from cybersecurity from a firm called Critical Insights, as many as forty five million people last year. Were affected by healthcare data hacking.
1: Yeah, I, you know that actually. That's a, to me that's a low number, right? Forty five million. Because I lot. mean, when yeah. when the VA had a, a scare some years ago, I got tied up in that. They had a yeah. they had a breach, and they were. Millions well, in just four in the years, VA. it's
2: tripled. When yeah. you say in 2018, that number, according to this study, was mm-hmm. only 14 million.
1: Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I mean, that that's definitely the the concern of the future, yeah. or I, I guess I should say the present, yeah. with pipelines being shut down and yep. all the all the uh, ransomware out there, but. Uh, We've always had a very high level of requested security yep. in healthcare right. since since we started right. doing any type of electronic rec- medical records. Right, but doesn't mean it can't be breached.
2: No, and again, we're going to talk a little more about uh, false claims in our next segment. You're listening to Healthcare Now: The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back.
0: You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com.
2: Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now. Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1.
0: AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com.
1: Welcome back to Healthcare Now. I'm Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones and we're here for uh, segment 3 of our discussion on all things healthcare. i uh, so, well, I say all things healthcare. We're going to jump into something that's sort of not directly healthcare related, but unemployment. So, here well, that's stress yeah. related. It is definitely stress related. I tell you, every time I talk yeah. about Unemployment, I mean, everybody can jump in no matter on which side you are, whether you're a business owner or you're a consumer. And we've seen, you know, there are help wanted signs everywhere. But interesting stats, unemployment statistics are, they're really tough to follow because they're by definition, it's how many people who are unemployed that are looking for work. Right.
2: Well, it's also a records keeping thing. Sure. So, based on how many people applied for unemployment versus how many people got on the 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 rolls of the uh, IRS as far as income tax.
1: Yep. So, so it is. It it it, we see the numbers all over the place. But in Central Florida, right Mm -hmm. here in the Orlando area, it's reported that it is now lower than four percent. Amazing. Which, well, it is amazing. Except. I still don't believe it because, you know, there's still I guess if there's if there's a lot of job opportunity out there, it's going to drop that number. Right. People are going to be able to get jobs. Right. But at the same time, there are just a lot of people still not working because they choose not to work. So we'll see.
2: They're still getting the incentives from the federal government.
1: Right. I They're they're living off of some of that. So I don't I don't know. So four percent, you know, we're going to celebrate any bit of good news. Sure. But but the other the other piece that was very interesting is that mm-hmm. it's predicted that 200 new employees move to the Orlando market per month start over the next two years. Every day for the next month. two Every years. Every day? Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. Every day Every for day the next that, two years. Yeah. So that, oh man, that's just Can you seems, imagine? Again, you know, I've got some businesses and I can't get people hired. So I don't, I don't know. And,
2: and I'm looking for provider reps, yep, nurses. Yep.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Maybe we ought to do our own uh, employee every we'll, we'll come in with a list of jobs and we'll have uh, listeners call in and see if Probably they can refer people. We should do that, particularly
2: in. in the healthcare side. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. It is.
1: It's, it's I'm looking enormous. for two
2: provider reps right now.
1: There you go. There yeah. you go. Well, that's we'll see we'll see who calls. Yeah. We'll see who calls. Exactly. But that is a pretty amazing number that and amazing. uh we'll follow it. I think it again is more things that are released, you know, it's, it's a government information released right. by the, uh, the folks that are, that are in charge to say, hey, we're doing yeah. a great job, and I don't know. it's, yeah. it's But just you know, number. when you
2: compare that, Dr. Mark, to places like Michigan and New York sure. and some of the northern states yeah. where unemployment is high and there are no jobs, yeah. uh, we are so blessed to live in the Orlando Central Florida market.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of it's advantages just a here. Place to live. Yeah, it, there really there really are a lot of advantages in the in the workplace, is definitely definitely one of them. Yep. So and talk about Walmart. So Walmart will soon their employees are going to uh have an AI platform, an artificial intelligence platform that can recommend that uh you know what providers will give you the best outcome. Right. And so this retail giant giant is partnered with Health at Scale, right. which utilizes I'm not familiar with that no, company. No, not not yeah. at all. And so, yeah, health at scale—kind of a clunky name there—which utilizes uh, machine learning to give personalized recommendation right. about which provider a person is best suited for. Right. So this is an, this is completely new. I don't yeah. know that I, I don't know that anybody else is doing it. I haven't heard of anybody yeah. that was. Yeah, I guess you fill out a survey. It sounds yeah. like a, a dating service.
2: Yeah, well, for Health your at Scale, provider. we we obviously didn't research that. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to do that. But the question comes up is, what criteria are they using oh, sure. to yeah. refer these people yeah. To,
1: to? yeah. Because as a provider, I know that Walmart has not reached out and asked me any questions. Right.
2: And you know, the other thing that I feel is if it's Walmart and they've got hundreds of clinics all over the country... Yeah.
1: Where are they going to refer him to? They're going
2: to refer him to their own clinic. Yep, sure. <laughs> yep. Right.
1: No. So it's it's another that's another great marketing strategy. Yeah. Uh, but but calling it calling it AI, I guess we I can't I can't speak out of school because yeah. I don't know about health at scale. But right. But literally, a, a, a online dating service does yep. exactly yep. this. So yep. that's certainly I don't know if you can really call, qualify that as AI.
2: Yeah, and I don't know that health at scale if they're whether they're a Walmart owned company or just a, a company they're working with if they're actually going to employ like a PPO network yeah. because you and I both know PPO networks are not uh cost effective no, 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 no they're they, not no they they
1: they, they yeah. fail in the short run too yeah. I mean, and it's and not, it's not
2: I'm not saying they're not quality I'm no. saying they're not yeah, cost
1: effective yeah, yeah you can't offer yeah. that across the board That's right. without other products to keep you afloat exactly
2: no, no. exactly
1: Speaking of keeping afloat, more than five billion dollars w- were recovered from health care false claims last year last year five billion dollars. That's, that's a good number so that's that's uh, information from the Department of Justice yep that you know they're, they're in charge of uh, of these fraud and false claim settlements and judgments mm-hmm. and yep, absolutely their fiscal year ended September 30th, 2021, and we're, we're looking at like I say almost six billion dollars.
2: and that's the largest recovery since 2014. Eight years.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Well, there the this article that we grabbed this from mm-hmm. did say. Uh, I think this was this on Becker's. I think we saw this yeah, on Becker's. Becker's. Uh-huh. So five things that you yep. should know about right. this, and, and then we'll
2: talk about some things that you can do as an individual, okay, to watch out for fraud too.
1: Right. But go ahead. Uh, let's see. Number one, the money was recovered from drug and medical device manufacturers, managed care providers, hospitals, hospital pharmacies, yep. hospice organizations laboratories and physicians yep. so any group that is doing any billing and basically taking monies from medicaid medicare are looked at and if there's a there's a whistleblower or a claim or a complaint the department of justice kind of steps in and takes a look at it so the the amount reflects it's solely just from federal losses as i was saying and and in most cases more money was recovered from state medicaid programs than anywhere else so they can also yeah. recover not just what they lost; they can recover penalties right. uh, due to right. this, and th- and that's pretty typical. Although I think the most typical outcome is that there's a settlement, right? That that everybody yeah. comes in at a lower number than that the number that gets inflated. Well, it's
2: interesting that that six almost six billion dollars, the bulk of that was healthcare fraud.
1: Yeah, right, right. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. So the leading source of settlements with healthcare fra- fraud, mm-hmm. like you said, and and the the largest false claims act settlements were last year were from opioid manufacturers. Interesting. Well, but we we yeah I wasn't yeah. thinking about this, but yeah. boy, that makes sense, right? Well, we've because, reported on
2: a little bit. Yeah,
1: and yeah. and the you know two of the major companies got knocked knocked out and taken down in the last you know fourteen eighteen months, and so that that isn't that surprising. And those were huge numbers all at once. This wasn't like a a, a small clinic or something that was being evaluated, right? So the Justice Department investigated and litigated a growing number of Medicare Advantage programs there we in go. 2021. Yeah, that one. That I one, think uh, we just talked about that. we just did, you know. <laughs> and, and again, and, uh, this, this is all, all news well, moving Well, it's interesting. Forward.
2: Sutter Health, which is a California-based Medicare Advantage plan, uh-huh. they agreed to pay $90 million to resolve false claims, allegations of submitting, ready for this, inaccurate information, about Medicare Advantage beneficiaries.
1: Yeah, so usually, and I don't know that case, but usually yep. they're sort of upcharging by saying this person is more critically ill comorbidities, than they are. multiple yeah, so, comorbidities, so, yeah, slapping That's it on. That's right. That's right. So, That's right. so they those are
2: called HCC coding with the Medicare risk adjustment. There That's you go. what and, That works.
1: And that, and yep. you know, somebody was sitting down and reading the stats on how these things are done. And they saw that, Hey, we've got an opportunity to make some more cash. And then yep. that is something that, uh, yep. that gets thrown around. So the justice department also resolved several cases that involved kickback allegations of yep. healthcare. Um, getting examples of that.
2: Uh, well, mainly mail order, diabetic testing supplies, a company called a medical and its parent company, a agreed to pay $160 million back to the federal government, uh, based on kickbacks to Medicare beneficiaries.
1: Yeah, so talk about what kickbacks are, because we talk about stark laws and kickbacks. I mean, and and there are a lot of yeah. really strict state yeah. laws about kickbacks. Yeah.
2: Well, stark law basically means that if you're a physician, you cannot refer or order from a company that you own and right. have financial interest Yeah, in. so you
1: can't like self-refer That's or right. refer That's in right. a way. Yeah. That's right. And, and it does, it gets even more confusing and complicated than that
2: but in this situation evidently this diabetic company was actually paying diabetic patients to bill more on their medicare
1: Woo! Yeah. so they're getting patients yeah. involved
2: i'm not sure somebody shouldn't have gone to jail for yeah, that I know. much less I mean,
1: that that se- bl- settlement yeah settlement's yeah, kind blake. of great yeah well, you know
2: i don't know if you remember a few years ago when dr mark on because i know you haven't been in in that medicare sin but you know south florida the miami-dade area was the largest medicare fraud area in the country for many many years
1: what's well, the largest medicaid medicare area it in is the country. it yeah. is
2: and so a couple of years ago they actually had a guy on television who came on and they interviewed him and he used to be a drug dealer mm-hmm. and he claimed that providing false claims to medicare was more profitable than being a drug dealer
1: Less likely to get shot. And in a
2: two-year period, he billed over twenty million dollars to Medicare using home health and a blank, um,
1: a blank account or something. Well, not a blank
2: account, a blank address.
1: Oh, really? A vacant
2: lot as the address. Oh man! And because ninety percent of Medicare claims are adjudicated automatically, For two years, he got twenty million. Now he's going to jail.
1: Right? He got caught, but but uh, he said it's very valuable. Yeah, man. That that's is that insane. Crazy? That really that really <laughs> is crazy. Jeez.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know. We uh we definitely hear our share of these cases, but when you look at these yeah. numbers, I'm sure there's a lot of small cases too, but just uh But the, the big ones. The, well, the this Aleer,
2: you know, that we're talking about with the Medicare drug or diabetic testing, they agreed to pay almost 40 million dollars yep. in in uh, fees.
1: Yep. So that so those big numbers add up to that six billion yep. pretty quickly. Right. So, but you know, Doctor really Mark, the
2: question is: This is, I think, for our listeners. How do healthcare patients and consumers look out for these types of illegal billings and payments?
1: Well, it, I don't know. It's it's completely masked from the patient, right? I mean, I guess if you're looking. You have to be pretty yep. up on on what these codes are, That's and right. and I just wouldn't imagine any individual or any any number of times they listen to us on the on the radio yep. that yep. that they're going to actually be able to say this is how to how but, to spot but it. Let
2: me mention some things. You know, there are some things that that people can do. You know, you get what you call an explanation of benefits yep, every EOBs. time you mm-hmm. bill uh, anybody bills for you, whether it's commercial, Medicare, Medicaid. It doesn't matter. And the key is when you look at that EOB, you ask yourself, did you receive that service and did you receive it from the provider that is indicated on that EOB?
1: Yeah, I want to make sure it matches up. Yeah, sure.
2: Yeah. And then the second one is be wary of phone calls, text messages, and emails. Don't answer these things. Nobody's gonna call you or text you about a bill. They're right. gonna call you on the phone or they're right. gonna send you an EOB. Okay. The third one is keep your insurance information secure. Never give your Social Security or Medicare number to anyone that you don't know other than your known providers and never over the phone.
1: You know, and and that's something that's important, but everybody you talk to wants your social security number, even when they're legit. Even when they're legit. So I mean that's that's uh that, that's a tough one. I mean and, one. And, and and there are a lot of groups that literally Refuse to do business with you yep. if you don't give them some. If you form. don't give them that information, yep. no, it's yep. that, that's a tough one.
2: And then the last one is if you suspect anything, call your insurance provider.
1: Yes, that's that's always good.
2: You're listening to Healthcare Now: The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back.
0: You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Mark Chayot, MD. Practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997. Working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical technology and education. Accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlando pediatricsurgery.com the integrated independent physicians network preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015 join the movement with us ipnetworkflorida.com welcome back to healthcare now the truth about u.s healthcare and now let's head back into the healthcare now studios with dr mark and larry
1: Welcome back to Healthcare Now. I am Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones to wrap things up for right. our fourth segment. And on this fourth segment, we're going to do something we've never done. We're going to make the listeners take a test, Larry. What do you think? Hey, I like it. You like it? I like it. Well, no, it's, it's funny that you brought this up because mm-hmm. in my uh, new job with the, you know, I'm now a state employee of right, sorts, right? right? So I am... I have to fill out this type of questionnaire online for Uh the state and all as all employees do and all employees of any type of group that does anything with, uh, with medical information, right. Has to follow what's called HIPAA. Right. Let's, let's, let's just talk. Everybody's heard of HIPAA, but it's uh, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a funny word. It's been around since or funny uh, acronym. Yep. It's been around since 1996, and right. it stands for. I'll let you do it.
2: Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act.
1: Right. And I've been talking about HIPAA as long as I've been practicing, and I always thought the i started for yeah. stood for information so out that that we looked it up yeah. just to be all
2: sure all things healthcare privacy center around hipaa
1: yes so anytime yeah. you have information that links a person's demographics data any, medical anything that personal information yep. to their medical history, that information is to be specifically protected. You have to make sure it can't get ripped off. That's right. Um, you need to make sure that you don't leave a chart open on your desk where anybody can walk in. That's like on the small scale. Right. And on the big scale, these huge companies and things like the, the VA mm-hmm. that have all this information on computers on you know in the cloud on servers it has to be protected
2: and and it's interesting Dr. Mark that we're going to talk about this and I want you to go through this test because the people that actually manage all that information you're talking about yep. have to be certified tested and approved under the HIPAA laws yearly yearly every, every year, year. and then
1: right. when a when some a new employee comes in you have to test them with that that's exactly. part, part of their exactly coming
2: on why don't you go through the test
1: okay but i'm gonna ask you do you do you have the do you have the correct answers? i do okay thank goodness <laughs> all right all right number one penalties for committing fraud waste and abuse may include the following Conviction or criminal conviction and fines, mm-hmm. imprisonment, civil prosecution, loss of license, and exclusion from federal health care programs. True or false? That's easy. It's true. You bet it is. That that and there's waterboarding is not on yep. there. So that's that's your, right. Your, okay. <laughs> Number two, fraud occurs when a healthcare provider inter, intentionally submits a claim to the government for payment for a service that was not performed.
2: Obviously true. Yeah,
1: That's right. We, we yeah. were just talking about we that, right? Just we just about talked it. about that. We just talked about that. And uh, this is, I don't know if that fits into the HIPAA part, but, but yep. it's definitely true.
2: That's right.
1: Number three, and there's only 27 of these. No, I'm kidding. There's, there's only 10 questions. Only
2: 10 questions.
1: Right. That's Number right. three, only physicians can commit fraud for government paid claims because they are responsible for all billing coming into their practice. You know that's false. That's false. Because they're going to blame everybody. All the time.
2: Anybody that provides health care and bills, an insurance company, the federal government, or anyone else. Yep. Or has access to that information. That's right. That's right. It's not just physicians. Yep.
1: Number four, as a representative of our group, it is your responsibility to report any potential incident of fraud, waste, and abuse to your office manager, physician, or the PTMSO. For a compliance yeah. hotline. Yeah. What's the PTMSO?
2: Physicians Trust MSO. That's our own oh, okay. MSO. Okay. That's so what I'm this sorry. test yep. is for.
1: In other words, any MSO that yep. you're working any with. Any MSO. Yeah. So, and that is, of course, too. Of course, true. true. Yep. Of course, true. All right. Number five. Halfway through, there is a non retaliation policy where individuals raising complaint, compliance concerns shall not be subject to any retaliation unless done maliciously. Absolutely. It seems like that should be true. So, yep. we want to make sure mm-hmm. that people are, are our own, you know, they're, they're surveying what's going on around them. And yep. if they see something wrong, they say something about it. Number six, if a healthcare provider or office knowingly submits a claim to the government for payment, even though services have not been provided, it's considered a false claim. True. G- Got to be. Got to right. be. Yeah, this is pretty, this is not a difficult thing. But again, but it's, it, it's to it's, make people think about what it is. It, it's not and, about and getting it right or wrong. And given
2: our viewers an idea of what happens behind the scenes yep. in healthcare.
1: Yeah, the next test is going to be a lot harder. Yeah, yeah, Number seven, waste is the overutilization of services and or misuse of resources resulting in unnecessary costs to the Medicare program. That is uh, not true. Nope, nope. No, no,
2: no. No, that is true. Okay. That is true. Uh, the issue there is what we talked about earlier: uh, how the money's
1: yeah. split up. So, so yeah. this would be something that we might want to use this against some of the discussions we were having. Yeah, well, this definitely could
2: be overutilization. Yep. In Absolutely. other words, you know, one of the things we do in va- – This really number seven goes right into value-based care, Doctor Mark. Yep. How do we keep people out of the ER that don't need to be there?
1: Well, and that's and, a good example. And how, when when groups do this, how do you? Differentiate between just poor management yep. and criminal management. Right, right. right? And, you so know, even a, the payers,
2: when we get our quarterly reports and we have our Joint Operating Committee meetings, uh-huh. every quarter they'll tell us, well, you had – 60 inappropriate ER visits or you had 50 inappropriate readmissions. And you know what that means. That means they didn't need to be there and they could have been handled with a different with their primary care physician. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we're talking about. Overutilization.
1: That's that's overutilization, but not Mm -hmm. you have to prove that it was done maliciously or with intent to profit. So that that, that does get get a different angle to it. Only three more of these. We've got number eight is Abuse involves payment for items or services when there is not legal entitlement to that payment, and the provider has not knowingly or intentionally misrepresented facts to obtain payment. It's true. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's a, that, you gotta, you gotta read that one twice. You do okay? have to <laughs> read it, but <laughs> right.
2: it's, it's definitely true. Yep.
1: yep. And number nine, a physician and his wife own a small lab. The physician refers all his patients to that lab. This may be a violation of the Stark Law. Actually, I'm going to let you answer how you mm-hmm. think that's true or false, but I, I, be, I bet we, we may differ in this one. Yeah,
2: well, obviously, if the lab is an extension of the physician's practice billed under his own tax ID, it's legal. Yep. If the wife owns it under a separate tax ID, it's illegal.
1: Well, I in, unless eighty five percent of the patients that use that lab mm-hmm. are his patients because which sounds like the reverse thing so that was so stark is has stark one, two, and three right but you're allowed. To refer something that you're a part owner in, right. if 85% of the people that use it are yeah. your patients, because the idea there is it's a convenience yeah. for your patients. Yeah, I looked so at this question.
2: Weird, I yeah. looked at this question because it is a, a question that needs to be debated. Yep. But the way it says this may be a violation of the Stark Law, yep. that's why it's true.
1: Yep. Okay. Bye. You I'm, with you me? Know, I'm, I'm still going to argue with the teacher about this one <laughs> you know, if, if you try to get me wrong here. <laughs> okay. All right. And number 10, if you find yourself in a situation where you believe a conflict of interest exists, you are responsible for seeking guidance from your office manager and the MSO compliance hotline. Yes. And that's also true. It just makes sense. So yes. you, you don't want to get yourself backed into a corner right. and uh, get into trouble. And and I'm thinking, you know, some of our listeners are definitely involved in, in healthcare care um, and not yes. just learning about it. And everybody, everybody that gets near touching it, it, yep. it, it has has to be uh, has to be talked about. And
2: I'm sure many of our listeners have taken these HIPAA compliance and attestation yes, uh, requirements yep. to be certified yep. under HIPAA. Absolutely. If you're going to handle patient information, you yep. are going to have to be certified by the Health Insurance and Portability Act.
1: Absolutely. Yep. All right. So I promise that we're not going to make it a habit of testing <laughs> every week. But, uh, you know, maybe we get some some good ideas and some good tests to get through there.
2: Let me mention something else here. There was a big article in the uh, Orlando Sentinel this week. Florida Blue, which is the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Florida, Mm -hmm. under their holding company Guidewell, their parent of Florida Blue, announced this past Tuesday that they acquired Triple S Management Corporation, the leading healthcare company in Puerto Rico.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's a big growth. That's a, I mean, that's big a growth. big jump.
2: Well, Blue Cross was always a big, they had a big uh, footprint in in, in yeah. Puerto Rico, right. but now they even have a larger footprint.
1: Now, was it Florida Blue in Puerto Rico before?
2: Uh, no, it was Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yeah.
1: So yeah. just yeah. to yeah. clarify a bit, the Blue Cross Blue Shield is, is a little different in their company structure than, say, United. So United yep. is United. That's right. From That's right. sea to shining sea, yeah. and the wherever Blue it is, cross right. Blue Cross
2: companies. Each state is an individual company
1: yeah. or region. I think some yeah. of them cross over states. They do. so well, like,
2: Anthem actually owns fourteen Blue Cross states. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: So, so, it, so it's a little different. So this one is yeah. Florida Blue, which you know is, is based here in Florida and is now reaching out and taking over some healthcare responsibilities in Puerto Rico. So, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's still, it's still kind of a regional thing, but it's big dollars.
2: Well, the CFO, a guy named Juan Chaluja, VP of Commercial Markets uh, and Analytics for Florida Blue, he made this comment. He says, we have a commitment with this acquisition that means a lot for Florida and for Puerto Rico, and through our efforts, we will be able to generate resources that will offer our communities both in products as well as in access to healthcare.
1: Yeah. So so I mean obviously it's a marketplace yep. that that is ripe for looking at. There's a there's a lot of healthcare rebuilding going on down there. There's still a lot of areas that are in deep deep need well so, there's mean,
2: still people in some parts of the island that i don't think they even still have electricity after the last couple of hurricanes
1: Well, i mean it's between the hurricanes and COVID and the earthquakes and, and yep. you know just being able to uh to to get like we we talk about getting supplies on the shelves of our grocery stores here yep. i mean it's a it's a whole nother it is layer of issues yep. trying to get them down to puerto rico and when yep. i talk to my friends whose families are down there it's still it's still pretty rough
2: well, it's interesting that Blue Cross actually has many of these mission programs going for food and water and, and health care. And many of our physicians right here in this area, Dr. Mark, go to Puerto Rico. They go to Haiti on these mission yep. trips, and they'll spend 10 days down there or whatever yep. no, doing practicing do. their specialty.
1: No, we do. I, we talk to, uh, yep. talk to the probably med probably students You probably know many that do yeah, that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, Haiti was my place to go. Okay. And uh, the— uh, but there's so much need out there, and we we do talk to the students a lot about this and about how, you know, making that a part of your profession uh, goes a long way. I mean, it's really – it's yeah. incredibly rewarding to be able to, to yeah. go to these areas and help out the individuals. Yep. You, can't, you can't really – Help the country and that's not the point, yeah. right? It's it's trying to help the individuals that you come in contact with. So Well it's interesting, really you know. Important.
2: Florida Blue in Florida, they are the largest commercial carrier with over four point three million lives just here in Florida. That's basically twenty percent of our entire state population. Well, and well, the thing that I wanted to say is, you know, you hear about to uh much is given, much is expected, yeah, and and Restons, that's in the that's Bible, as you know. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe Blue Cross is living that out in this scenario.
1: Well, yeah, and and that's one of the things why when mm-hmm. I pointed out that Blue Cross Blue Shield is different in different areas, yep. and they do have different personalities, like any other creature of that sort, right? Right. And uh, but it is has been interesting because when when the uh, ACA basically dropped all plans. They stayed with it. They stayed with it. That's they right. were the only ones. Right. I mean, there was a period of time for as, as three a, years. Yeah, as an yep. independent mm-hmm. business person in my practice. Good point. The, the only thing that I could get underwritten for was Blue Cross Blue Shield. That's right. And well,
2: actually, up until last year, yeah. they were the only, only plant on offered in Seminole and Orange County here in the Central Florida yeah. area.
1: Yeah, so it's it's yeah. really really interesting. Well, I tell you, that about wraps up the show for today. Yep. Um, again, it was a monumental day. We talked. We actually took our first exam. Yep. I, th- I think I only got about an eighty percent on that. I'm going to have to tell uh, you. Yeah, you did okay. You I did okay. <laughs> but I'll argue the ones that I missed. Uh,
2: but, next week we're going to talk a little bit, and we didn't get to it today. What does the hospital of the future look like? And we're all gonna also gonna talk about some very large mental health processes that have been done here in this country.
1: All right. Look forward to and, it, Larry. And
2: to tie that together, the mental health, the Starbucks of mental
0: health.
1: Oh, the Starbucks of mental health. Yeah. Now now even more interesting.
2: We'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.